Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal Sports Editor, here with another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. You know what that means, Michael Graham is here, but he's a well-traveled Michael Graham. Just got back from Dallas and Snyder doing some stories uh, on the Tigers, and then of course the uh, Big 12... Uh, Big 12 uh, Media Day. Big 12 Media Day. Thank you. My my brain's really gone. Today. Yeah, we're we're uh, pretty frayed up here right yes. now. Yes. Yeah, so obviously did some good stories there. You'll uh, see at some point what he did in Snyder. It's a really cool story. Obviously about a number, a special number. Kind of alluded to it in a column you had, but one uh, thing that we'll be talking about going into obviously talking about some of the game from last week and then going into this week. A lot of teams that will have uh, not necessarily rivalries, but just a lot of uh, teams that are very contrasting styles in each game that we'll be talking about going into this week. We'll start uh, Thursday, of course, with the Estacado and Dalhart. But before that, did you have anything that really kind of stood out to you from last week just so we kind of get that out of the way? Um, I guess I was surprised by the final margin of the Sundown Floyd Data game. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, yeah. it was, it was 48 nothing. Um, I thought Sundown would win. I didn't think it'd be that dramatic. I yeah. didn't think that they'd hold um, Floyd Ada to six passing yards, and I didn't think that Gus Davis would catch three touchdowns of 39 or more yards. But it was a, a complete win, a holistic win, and it's pretty exciting to see the way that District 2, 3A, Division One setting up right now. looks like uh, Sundown and New Deal will be meeting for the district championship. Two probably. offensive teams, man. That's going to be a good one. And not only that, but then just the fact that uh, Gus Davis, a name that we haven't mentioned a lot, Stephen mm-hmm. Quintanilla is the guy that we always talk about as a playmaker. Of course, Christian Hughes. He kind of makes things go as a quarterback. But Gus Davis, if like I said, if you have another guy step up for that offense, they could be really dangerous in the playoffs. No doubt. And, and um, you know, obviously when it's a 48 nothing, you got to compliment the defense. Gus Davis yep. was a starting linebacker there. Dylan Day hopped up to, I think, fourth overall in, in mm. areas tackles for loss. With uh, He's got 13 on the season, and he wasn't even on the radar before that week. So it was a really good week for him and a really good week for the Roughnecks. And uh, they're on to the next one against uh, Hale Center this week. And that, that'll be an interesting game just because because it's Adam Cummings, the the new head coach at Sundown, going up against uh, his old crew uh, in Hale Center. So that's going to bring back a lot of memories, and it's bound to be an emotional game. Obviously, Hale Center's got a point to prove, and Mm -hmm. and for him, just taking in all the memories of of all the good times with the Owls. And it'll be interesting to see if they both kind of run the same sort of spread offense that they've been running. Obviously, Adam Cummings runs it at Sundown. We'll see if... uh, Jeff 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 Smith, Smith yeah, Jeff no Smith. doubt they're they're airing it out like crazy this year. Uh, yeah, uh, Branson uh, Braden, he um, he's yeah, he's uh, top ten passing in the area. Of course, you know all the stats and stuff, but that that was the big one. Of course, you covered that one last week, Sundown Floyd Data. But uh, there's a lot to talk about going into this week, so we'll just start it just because this is going to be a a real good game. We'll see uh, when this podcast does post, uh, but. Certainly one that I'm at least kind of keeping my my eyes on more so because I had to do the preview for this. But Dalhart visiting Estacado, two teams that are one and zero in District Two Four A Division Two. I know we talk about other teams in that district, but the way that Joe Cooley was talking about the Dalhart offensive line and defensive line made me think that he's really worried about his team's ability to run the football on them. He's talking about just how big and beefy they were, and one team that kind of uh, came up when I was asking him, well, what 
who, who do they kind of remind you of? And he said Herford and kind of brought up a, a little bit of a light bulb for me because last time they lost was Herford. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see uh, what, what would happen. Of course, they, they had a really good quarterback in that Delosier kid. But uh, one thing that Herford was, which is what Joe Cooley talked about with uh, Dalhart, is physical up front, big kids. Not only that, but then they just tackle tackle you hard. Yeah, um, Dalhart – Obviously, five and one, and their their only loss is to Shallow Water. Uh, Shallow Water is one of our most impressive teams. Yes, uh, this, this season. I mean, yeah, top two, uh, definitely. So yeah, it's um, it, there's no shame in losing. I think they lost that game forty two twenty one somewhere in that ballpark at Shallow Water. I remember them last year, and, and um, Delhart. They weren't a good football team. They snuck into the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, but you could see what they were building toward. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, they got they they drew a uh, Reese Moore and Cade Barnard uh, led Seminole team, and they really uh, beat them through the first half, and then in the second half, the Seminole JV mm-hmm. um, I think beat them seven to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they've built up their team. Uh, they've got some impressive wins up against Panhandle teams, and it's going to be interesting. I think this is their second trip down to to the South Plains, and it'll, it'll be exciting to see how they match. But uh, I feel pretty good about Estacado in this game. Just looking at their numbers, um, so Derek Colbert and, and Dalvion Rhodes mm-hmm. are, are really dominant defensive players. And then it uh, looks like they finally got the, the tandem that they wanted with uh, Seth Porter and Jeremiah Dobbins yeah. clicking right now. No, and I agree with you. If, if they're able to get that running game going, I think this could certainly go the way of Estacado because at least when I look at both of them, not necessarily the stats, but just kind of watching some of the tape on Estacado and uh, Dalhart, they, they both kind of mirror each other. They even come into this game, uh, both teams with three-game winning streaks. They're both 1-0 and in district, both same overall record. I mean, they're they're the same. Good defense. They can both throw the ball. Dalhart likes to do the play-action pass a little bit, so that should be interesting to see if uh, Estacado can kind of keep its uh, focus on on defense and make sure that they kind of keep their, keep their gaps and make sure that they stay with their guy, even though it looks like they're running the football. But I think uh, – it's just going to be tough. If you can run the football, it's certainly going to put you in a good position to score if you're a staccato. And not only that, but I think you got to force some turnovers, and I think that'll be the difference there. Yeah, looking forward to that game. It'll be on uh, Fox News Now Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, turnovers, Amar J. Thompson, three interceptions, one of the area leaders there. Um, and I think the team has about, what, 18 now takeaways total? Give or take, give or take. I mean, they're certainly a team that is uh, very – I, I kind of asked Coach this, uh, Coach Cooley, uh, of course, from Estacado, but if defenses are calling card, he said that the one thing he wants to see from his team is that they're physical up front, or, or not necessarily physical up front, but just physical overall. They obviously are athletic. He already knows that, but he just wants to see that toughness from them, and I think they've certainly seen that. I know one thing that he did talk about when he was mentioning Hereford kind of mirroring Dalhart. He wants to see if his team can kind of step up their game and make make amends for what was maybe a loss that they felt that they kind of let through their fingers earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, some interesting games going into this week, that of course is the Thursday game. Now we'll do the regular old Friday night slate, but one that really sticks out to me, technically there's several, but if you're a local fan, this one's going to stick out to you just because it's two local teams, both in district, and not only that, but then there's rivalry in-town rivalry, pardon me, and then, of course, bragging rights are on the line when Coronado plays against Monterey. Not only that, but then you just got two really good coaches in Seth Parr, Wayne Hutchinson, that are kind of doing their little chess match, but I think it's just going to be interesting to see how Coronado and Monterey kind of face off against each other because they both suffered through injuries throughout the year. Yeah, really exciting game. Um, you know, you think about things like Texas, Oklahoma, um, Michigan, Ohio State, and 
Monterey has really struggled this year, but all that seems to, to dissipate when, when you get into a rivalry game. Everyone is, is at their best, and, and Monterey is, is really at their, their backs really against the wall with their um, 0-2 district record. Four wins should get them into the playoffs. Even three if they lose this Coronado game could, but at that point you're starting to look at um, situational things. Like you got to beat X team by X points. Yeah. And it gets really complicated. The, the best way to... Uh, take care of their problems is to beat Coronado, win out, and uh, make it on their own. And, and if you beat Coronado, obviously that's going to give you some minimum moving forward because, A, it's a rivalry win. B, Coronado has established itself as probably um, the top 5A Division One program on this side of the state for two consecutive years. And they've got the inside track for the district title at this point too. So, I mean that they still—I believe they're still a game up uh, in in that uh, district race. But certainly, it would help Monterey, just like you said, getting some confidence. But I think uh, if you're looking at it from a schematic standpoint, maybe special teams can make a difference in this one. But I certainly think. Uh, You've got Corian Bailey. He's going to have to make some plays because he's kind of like the last guy standing, so to speak. you got D. Lacey making some plays from the running back position. But Coronado, it'll be interesting to see what Coronado does to slow him down because, as you mentioned before, they've lost basically their whole linebacking core. They're trying to fix that all up. Yes, you got D.J. Davis up on the defensive line, but at some point you're going to get uh, some teams that just kind of run away from him, and then you kind of have to find some other kids to make some plays. Mm-hmm. And, and they've done a good job with their linebacker replacements. But going back to uh, Monterey, there's, there's reason to be optimistic because uh, Montreus Lacey has missed the past couple of games with a concussion and struggled to clear a concussion protocol. They got their open date last week, and he finally got through. Really like Ty Williams, uh, another complimentary mm-hmm. back, and, and Corey and Bailey. They've got the running game down. Really, it's just going to come to um, – the, the passing facet and the receivers that they expected to be their starters at the beginning of the year got injured pretty quickly. They were working through um, inexperience um, at the quarterback and the receiver position. So it, it's probably only a matter of time before they begin breaking through. And, and we've seen flashes of what they can be through the course of the season, particularly when they visited Lovett Cooper. Sticking close to Plains Capital Park at uh, Lowry Field, there's another game that's happening at Pirate Stadium in Woodrow. That's going to be a good one where the old uh, Lubbock Cooper Pirates host Wichita Falls. That should be an interesting one, uh, more so just to see if uh, Cooper's able to kind of keep on pace with Coronado. And then not only that, but just see how much better Isaiah Johnson and uh, Brendan Mel can be, especially as a 1-2 tandem on that offense. That's right. It's uh, Wichita Falls rider coming into town, and... um this was a game, I think, that at the beginning of the year, we would have told you that it was probably the de facto District yeah. 3 5A Division II championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryder hasn't really delivered as much as we thought they would, but they did get a win, a yeah. convincing win against Abilene Wiley 34-7 to last Friday. So, so here they come with some momentum, and um, you know that um, – the Pirates right now have to feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof after after the things they've been able to accomplish. Yep, and not only that, but like I said, Isaiah Johnson, he has just been a spark plug for that offense. Yes, they've had some other guys kind of step in, kind of do some work, but he's he has been, I don't want to say a linchpin because that, that's probably too strong of a word, but he's certainly been a kid that can kind of make everything work when you're on offense. I mean, if you got a good running game, that obviously opens up things in the past game for Brendan Mel and then, of course, all the other guys that they have. Uh, at the wide receiver position, but then when you got Max Catwinkle as your head coach, I think you're going to be in good, in a good spot to win. Yeah, the crazy thing about the running game is it's like tsunami waves hitting you. Yep. You you come out with Isaiah Johnson, and he's probably a Division One running back, a yep. high level Division One running back. Mm-hmm. He's got 14 touchdowns right now, 
and then they can hand the ball off to Tyler Hairston, mm-hmm. who was their starting running back ultimately last season, and then they have other running backs there. So, the, I mean, really, everyone's fresh. They're being rotated. Uh, everyone's productive, and, and then, yeah, we, you've got the uh, preseason Lone Star Varsity super team quarterback in the backfield and they really haven't had to use him much but we know he's capable of if he's ever going to get his number called and we know at some point this season his number will be called yes and and that's going to be the one test is when you when you are slowed down or if they do load the box and they're forcing your quarterback to make plays can you can they make plays and certainly he's been able to show that he has made plays this year but it'll be interesting to see just to see how uh, Wichita Falls Rider, which of course is the uh, alma mater of T.J. Vasher with uh, the Texas Tech uh, Red Raiders, be interesting to see what they do going into this game. But speaking of good quarterbacks, I know you'll be watching a good quarterback. It's going to be a little bit farther than uh, Woodrow that you're traveling. You're going to Snyder to cover, I believe it's Greenwood heading to Snyder. Yeah, good old Midland Greenwood, which has a uh, former coach that I used to, uh, I used to kind of mention with uh, Leveland and all them. So it should be an interesting one, I guess. Uh, if you could just kind of mention what, what what you know about Logan Green. Yeah, Logan Green is a, a quarterback. I think he's the uh, fifth player to break a thousand yards in the passing game this year. Very productive. Um, don't want to give too much away about his college plans, but he plans yeah. to play collegiately next year as yeah. a walk-on on the Division One level. Yeah, um, he's the uh, great grandson of Sammy Baugh, mm-hmm. and people say that there are comparisons between their uh, games, and, and it's never bad to be compared to um, a guy who was in the inaugural Pro Football Hall of Fame class. I know as slinging. Yeah, so that's really good. They have Lone Star Varsity uh, former athlete of the week. Um, J.J. Burns at running back. So that's a good little one-two punch for them. And then defensively, they've been really good. And and they've got the most impressive wins within their district so far. They're calling what they're in right now the gauntlet because they opened up uh, District 1-4A Division 2 with Fort Stockton. Mm -hmm. Fort Stockton was unbeaten. They beat them Mm -hmm. last week, beat Monahans in overtime. Which that's saying something because Monahans is a perennial playoff team. Mm -hmm. And now they have Greenwood. And uh, this is kind of the midpoint of the district. So Greenwood basically had the exact opposite schedule and really ran through the easiest teams first. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see. The game that stands out to me most about Greenwood that that translates to something that we really know about was their um, 28-21 one against Seminole earlier this year. And, of course, like I mentioned, Jared Sanderson, former level and head coach, so he's very familiar with some of the teams around here. Not sure about Snyder, but... Certainly a team that will be well-prepared with uh, Sanderson at the helm and should be interesting to see. Uh, it's, I, I feel like it could be an offensive game. I know Sanderson really likes to run the football. I know Snyder at least likes to run the football a little bit. Logan Green can run the football if needed. I know earlier in the year, I believe he was hurt, and then he came back. Is that correct? Logan Green tore his ACL last year. Uh, But he's been healthy this year, and uh, hopefully he'll remain healthy. He's got a good little brace on his knee. Uh, Feels really good, and he's been productive. And and you're right about the high-scoring thing because um, I I believe Greenwood's averaging 42 to 45 points a game. Yeah, somewhere in there. Snyder's right around 34. So it could, could be a good game. No defense. Have fun with your box score, by the way. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. I'm just asking for a good football game. That's all you ever ask for. Any other good football games you just want to kind of mention or just kind of throw out there for any fans that are kind of in the area? I know that's something you like to do. I know sometimes you're not fortunate enough to be around the Lubbock area where you can go to Plains Capital Park or Pirate Stadium or sometimes even a New Deal or an Abernathy. I mean, you got several options Idaloo's really uh, back on the map now that's another team that you can get but something maybe around the area that if, if maybe someone's not in Lubbock that they could kind of check out I can tell you two games that are going to be played at Levelands Lobo Stadium this week ah, Trinity Christian yeah we've got first uh, 
Level Land's going to open up its uh, share of the district yep. to 4A Division Two schedule with Borger. They uh, were the odd team out in the five-team district last mm-hmm. week, which was really unfortunate because their game before that had yeah, got, got rained out. So, yeah. this, so they've been on a two-week hiatus. Um, you know Borger's desperate at this point. It, yep. it has not been a good season for mm-hmm. them, uh, but they can turn it around with a win against Level Land. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how Level Land – is early in that game. I think they'll win the game. Yeah. But I want to see how they react after after you know having a lot of rust on them. Well, not only that, but then I, I can't imagine you're fired up to play a game and then you learn that you're not going to play it. Then obviously you knew you were going to get the bye, which in essence is kind of like a two-week bye mm-hmm. because you're able to get healthy in that sense. But obviously that's got to be tough when you, when you thought you were going to get some reps, you know, some game time reps. If you were against a really good team too that, that they would have played in non-district to kind of get yourself ready for this but uh it, it'll be kind of all uh all hands on deck for that one but i i, I do agree with you level has been playing very well chris gerber's been playing well and i think they're gonna probably win that one by a couple touchdowns and then if you hate the kansas texas tech game you can make your way over to level land and see uh willow park uh trinity that's a fort worth area school yep going up against uh trinity christian who who's been putting up some impressive numbers that's going to be a 3 p.m game saturday um at level lands lobo stadium the official home of trinity christian for the foreseeable future well look at you with the official home type deal but daniel wheeler certainly a kid that if you want to watch a, a potential at least a collegiate athlete at Trinity Christian is a kid that plays every position at least uh, the, the last couple of years that I've covered him and he's certainly fun to watch throughout the whole game no doubt really big um, 548 yards yep and I think only 19 touches the entire season so yeah that, that's uh, that's working in uh, Trinity Christian's favor they're one and oh and taps um, district one division three as is Willow Park so it's an important game Always important, any game that's on Friday night or Saturday night, Thursday night, as we mentioned, all of them. Of course, you'll see the preview in uh, Thursday's edition of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. We'll be previewing Del Hart at Estacado. Got interviews with Joe Cooley and then, of course, Joe Joe Reed of uh, Del Hart. Should be an interesting game, as I mentioned. You can kind of see all the stats and all the other things in that, along with going to LoneStarVarsity.com for all the stats and all the other packages that we have that Mike puts together. And the Lone Star Varsity Top 10, which everyone always likes to look at. You can see where everyone's ranked. And then, of course, get some little tidbits and stuff on the schedule as well. Going into Friday's coverage of all the games that we'll be at. Of course, as I mentioned, Michael B. Uh, in Snyder covering Greenwood at Snyder. You can follow him at AJ underscore Mike Graham. We'll also have uh, someone at Lowry Field. And then, of course, we'll have someone at Pirate Stadium as well. We'll get that information to you in the newspaper, and you can get all that information as well, along with all our on-the-radar stuff and everything else at LubbockOnline.com. Anything else? I think we're pretty much settled for for Week 8. Really looking forward to it. Um, This is where it starts to get serious. I was about to say Week 8. It just feels like it's gone by, hasn't it? It really has. I I love being in a routine like this. Everything's clicking. Uh, It feels really good this time of year. Yeah, Week 8. Obviously, uh, we we got another uh, podcast through, so that means we'll... uh, Kind of sign off here. Appreciate everyone listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, joined as always by Michael Graham. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week.